Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the exponential success coach. Today I have with me Oh, she has such an amazing background. It's really excited. Uh, I have someone who has worked at Procter and Gamble. She's uh, worked at <laughs> sounds funny. Worked at Starbucks. She's <laughs> been an executive for so many different corporations and and companies that you would recognize. And she transitioned out of that to to create a startup. Uh, called DigiBuild, and and uh, there's so much to this. I'm smiling as I say it. I, I don't want to go into it. I'm going to let April go into it. Welcome to the show, April Moss. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Dr. P. Appreciate it being here. We had such a good time before the show started, so I don't know how we how we uh, carry that on, right? We carry that on, yes. Um, uh, it's so great. Like my My role here is I get to meet so many different people from across the country and around the world. And, uh, you know, I, I have hopes when I read their bios. Um, it's like, maybe this person's going to be interesting. And already, like, we just started talking and it's like, whoa, we got to hit record to help, like, to let other people in on on what we're talking about. So um, you started a, a software company. Um, that helps manage, like project manage, the entirety of a construction project. Yeah, procurement process. Procurement process. All right. So look, that's kind of boring, <laughs> right? It's like to to the standard. Well, depends on who you're talking to, but exactly. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I have you here, right? It's like right. that's exactly right. Like to to somebody from the outside, it's like. Oh, project management. Yay. You know, yeah. it's, and, and, and yet, uh, when you look at everything that goes into, uh, procurement and the execution, it's kind of like, oh, it's fascinating. It's, it is, it is fascinating, but you didn't wake up one day and go, I'm going to be the executive at a Procter and Gamble or at a Starbucks or at a, uh, a cost of sales or like you, you didn't wake up one day and go, I'm going to run an organization, right? You, you started where, like, where'd you grow up? How many brothers and sisters? What made you so uh, self-assured and creative? Like, where'd you get all that? I love to talk about that because it's my family and I love them. Um, so I grew up in Northwestern Pennsylvania in a little town called Bradford. It is the home of Zippo Lighter. If anybody knows who Zippo is anymore. Um, so we've got six, I've got three brothers, three, 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 three girls, three boys in our family um, have a fabulous mom. My story about, you know, from my childhood all the way to why I'm at DigiBuild today actually um, started back when I was a young child and my dad was, 
was uh, he was a, a subcontractor. He did finishing work, loved what he did, really enjoyed all that. And um, unfortunately, within construction and when you're a subcontractor, especially back then, it is it's a pretty brutal industry. Like he's super creative, does great work, but wasn't a great business manager. Um, and so, you know, didn't get paid sometimes, sometimes get, got paid. But after a while, that really wore on him. And, you know, in the wintertime, he had very little work. He'd take odd jobs to do what he could. We we lived in the kitchen. Um, we'd close all the doors off. We'd um, use, you know, plastic to plastic all the windows and live in the kitchen because there was heat there. And mm. so... So he was really, um, you know, loved what he did. But again, that pressure. And so he gets into the drink culture. Right. And that's what typically happens So someone gets into drink culture and they they can't provide for the family. They're not going to go talk about it, especially men. Today, men talk a little bit more about it. But I've got a surprising statistics about that. But anyway, eventually, uh, my father just couldn't handle it anymore. And he committed suicide when I was oh. eight and a half years old. So for me, you know, you, you grow up without your father. It's, it's pretty tough to do that. My mom did remarry a few years later. Um, my stepfather was great, provided for us, but he definitely didn't know how to raise children because he had never had children himself. So, and there's that relationship that's not quite the same that is your father. Um, but why I bring that up, I never even really talked about this until I started working at DigiBuild with Robert Salvador, who also grew up in construction with his dad, um, is I found out that construction has four to five times more suicides than any other industry out there. I think dentist is the number one um, that commits suicide. And, and the more I talk about it, and the more I talk to people, it's just it just started coming out of the woodwork that there's so many people even today that suffer, um, you know, within this industry because it's very difficult. You're taking multiple people, 150 people from different walks of life, different jobs, different roles, and it really causes a stress. So even in our mission statement, our goal is to create a healthier and happier industry. And that's what we're out about to do. And that's what our product does. And that's what our little ecosystem that we're creating will do. That's amazing. Uh, and the pandemic didn't help really. You know, the statistics around depression during the pandemic prior to the pandemic was you know one in four one in five people had depression and during the pandemic that doubled which meant that basically one out of every two people so if it wasn't you it was somebody right next to you and um and you take that and you put it with the construction industry where everything was slowed down that had to affect the psyche of hundreds, yeah. hundreds of thousands of people. So yeah. uh, incredible, incredible. Well, you, uh, you, you started with a story of resilience, right? You started with a story of, wow. Um, you know, you, you basically lived in bounce back and survive and bounce back and survive. You've taken that to a place of thrive. Um, what'd you study? Like, did you, you went into college, I assume? I, I did not actually, I took college, um, years after I, um, I've got three years in right now working on my bachelor and going to head into my master. And the only reason I'm doing that is just for personal fulfillment. Um, I really, um, that whole entire story, I, my mom was an amazing mom. She told me wow. that I could do anything in the world. She pushed us. She held us accountable. And one of the things that she taught us early on is hang out with the smartest people in the room. 
You might not be able to afford college. You might not be able to do something, but hang out with those smart people. Um, not only just smart people, book smart, but they were street smart, understood people, hang around those and learn from them. And to be able to get into a company like Procter & Gamble, where I'm competing with people from Harvard and Wharton and Yale and all those things, um, you know, those life lessons and the things that I learned and took along the way really helped there. And then, of course, Procter & Gamble's, once you're in, it's an amazing company. They taught me so much about life, about um, about myself, about um, the company, you know, about um, how to do inner, uh, how to um, the inner workings of these large corporations and how they operate. Um, but you know, I had to work twice as hard and study twice as hard uh, when I got in there. But you know, hard work never has bothered me. So I think that's one. I, I I started working when I was five years old. My first job shoveling snow with my brother, and. Um, before I was 18, I had 21 jobs. So I paid for almost all my clothes, my car, anything I wanted, we paid for ourselves. And so that that takes a toll on someone. You know, you learn from those things. That adversity is, is good. And I think sometimes we've missed that, is that we protect ourselves or our children too many times. And, and uh, we need to allow that adversity to happen to help them grow. Amazing. Yeah, the, uh, the idea of struggle. You know, a, a chick has to peck its way out of an egg. A butterfly has to push its way out of a cocoon. If a butterfly is helped out of the cocoon, it actually dies. It needs to push in order to stretch its wings or to, to gain strength there. So you, dear butterfly, have done, you know, your your share of pushing. And, and um, it's great to hear, by the way, that large companies like P&G, you know, that, that they actually take care of their people, that they, uh, that they want to grow, um, that there's a culture that's, that is, uh, the values, the people that work there. It's, that's, you know, you think about big companies, like it's so easy to get lost, um, Yes. Mm -hmm. but you were taken in, which is so good. So yep. let's, let's talk about what you're doing now. Um, let's talk about where you're headed and, um, and what were some of the leadership lessons that you got along the way? Because a lot of what I focus on is, well, there's a leadership lesson. That's actually a life lesson. That's actually back to a leadership lesson. So yeah, you know, what were some of the things that you got along the way? So I think, um, I was first exposed to, um, emotional intelligence back in the late 80s, early 90s, and that really impacted my life. Um, from a personal standpoint that tied into that was uh, Strength Finders, and I'm going to, I can't even remember off the top of my head who, who the author was of the book, but it really focused on um, what your strengths were and how to, if you put all your effort into your strengths, how much more successful you would be and how more personally fulfilled you would be. Because we spend the majority of our time, you know, worried about what we're not doing right versus what we do do well, right? And it's not even right or wrong. It's just how we're wired, what our skill sets are. We all have, we all have those things in us. And so taking advantage of those. And so that was a game changer for me personally, because first of all, the strength finders helped me understand myself. I mean, they nailed it, right? And it's like being able to have a little autobiography of, oh, 
yeah, these things apply to me, but then being able to say, well, I'm not quite like that, but I see why they would say that within the survey that you had to complete. So emotional intelligence, the first step to that is to know yourself, right? To really understand who you are. And that includes being honest about what you're good at and what you're not good at, right? A lot of time we try to compensate for those, what we call weaknesses, but they're they're just not who we are, our makeup. We have so many wonderful things about ourselves that we can go accomplish with the skills that we have, focus on those. And I've built entire teams. I've probably built out of 15, 20 um, sales teams in my life. And I'd say three of them were high performance. And the way that I got to that was really helping people within my team, finding those niches and understanding, hey, who's got strategy? Who's got more you know, emotional intelligence? So, you know, so really identifying where those strengths are with people and pulling them together as a team. So that's when I look at diversity, it's just not about our the color of our skin. It's about where we've been how we've worked, how we think, you know, we want diversity. You don't want people that look like you, right? And so that's one of the things of pulling those in and then using those skills to help people understand themselves to even find out if they're in the right position. Helping them find out, is this really what I want to be doing? And I've coached a lot of people out, but more from helping people understand where they want to go in life. So it's not about how do I use people to get them to perform, but it's about how do I help people along the way so they can perform in whatever industry that they're going to be good at. That's amazing. Um, it's been called the zone of genius. This isn't my zone of genius or, I you know, love it. I'm going to steal that. Zone yeah, it's, of genius. It's, it's not mine, you know, so yeah, yeah borrow it away. It's, <laughs> uh, it's like, where's your zone of genius? This is my zone of genius. This is what I do the best. Right. And so, uh, I, I just became a fan of the Colby by the way, which is, if you haven't done that KOLBE, it's a great assessment. Um, uh, Rath and DeVry were the authors, along with the Gallup Organization of Strengths yep. Finders. Yep. And, then, okay. and then you referenced emotional intelligence, which was brought forth by Dan Goleman. Yeah. So, yep. um, really, uh, you know, I kind of grew up in that era in the corporate arena myself, mm-hmm. um, doing <clears throat> executive coaching, doing uh, organization development. So all those assessments they all made sense. Um, and because my background's clinical psych, there was this, and I chose not to do the traditional clinical psych route. There, there was a piece of me that was pushing back. And the reason I pushed back against those kind of standardized things was um, the same reason I pushed back against clinical psych. Is like, mm-hmm. is it fair for us, for any of us, to pigeonhole somebody. Oh, you're a this. Mm-hmm. That means you go there. And and so um uh I do like the idea of emotional intelligence and I do like the idea of strengths finders because it's not oh, well this is it and and this is who you are. Period. It's like this is who you are. Now collect the people around you that are going to help you and that you can help. So um yeah. so all of that is is great. I'm just uh I'm highlighting and and underscoring what you just said. And I appreciate also giving credit to like Dan Goldman and some of these other ones that have come up with some really cool, um, you know, ways to help people that sometimes people forget about. They forget the names. They remember the titles. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Yeah. It's and it's true. And that's okay. Like as long as you're quoting, you know, the for me, it's like there were 
people behind the the, <laughs> the things that were brought forth. Um, and I am a fan of that. I uh, there are let's call them coaches or uh, mentors or um, uh, influencers out there that will say things and then be quoted as the original people saying them. And it's like, mm, that was around in the fifties and the sixties. Like, uh. <laughs> so, so I'm a big fan of, of attributing uh, credit where it's due. And um, anyway, there you go. Zone of genius. I want to say that was Joe Polish. I'm not sure. Um, uh, he's a big dude in the marketing arena. If you wanted to look him up, he's, he's somebody I, uh, respect greatly um so i mean that's awesome that you're using that to build teams it's awesome that you're using like you're not just saying well why can't you know why can't this goldfish climb this tree it's like um because that's not its zone of genius you know it's like that's not what it's made to do so um so you're looking at what are the strengths you know, that, that each individual brings. And I think that's, you know, that's a, uh, it's a magical and difficult thing to teach a manager and a leader and mm -hmm. managers and leaders are different, uh, management, yeah. like the skills for management and the yeah. skills for leadership are different. Yeah. Warren Banis was one of the first, um, authors that I read for, from a, uh, business book and he put one out there. Uh, he's great books out there, but he really nails some of that as well, right? I know there's a lot of authors, but definitely the difference between leaders and uh, managers. And then the other one is uh, Lincoln and Leadership was my other favorite book. Just amazing book on nice. Lincoln's leadership that I related to on many levels. Nice. Yeah. Bennis is good. Uh, um, Uzus and Posner. Yeah. Any name dropping. All right. So what about you and not our libraries? What about yes. you? <laughs> Which I have tons of books. That was the other thing that really kept me going was I readers. You know, they had that saying readers are leaders. Well, they really are, right? Because you you consume all that information and all of a sudden you make connections in life and you know, like you with what you're doing, a clinical psychiatrist. I mean, you think about the links that you've made between business and people and society with what you're doing, it's pretty spectacular. It's very fun. So that's thank you for that. Um, the the idea of I'll just point out what you just did, which was to um, and this is also a leadership trait for those of you listening and watching. When we're talking about something, what what April just did was to bounce to me and to elevate me in the conversation, um, which was incredible. Right? It's just like. So you make all these links, you do this, um, practice that, like, think about how you can do that for the other person. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and April, you just do it naturally. Um, for me, that is part of what I do, which is sort of to be in the moment and to watch the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes me effective in organizations is to be able to take that skill of being in and having the perspective of watching. Yes. Um, it's it, it it is fabulous to be able to do that and i will say thank you by the way cuz welcome <laughs> it is true you are listening to one sharp sword cutting through to what matters most with your host dr wayne pernell 
you know you are bigger than the life you are leading. It really is time to attend to that thing you've wanted to do or have, but you've been putting off. It's time to step into that dream you've parked for someday. It's time to claim true well-being, both personally and professionally, without giving up the success that got you here. It's time to check out Dr. Purnell's signature small group retreat, the Exponential Success Summit. Explore ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Seats are extremely limited as this is a very special small group event. www.ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Let's talk about some like the leadership lessons you've put together teams, you've, um, you know, the difference between management and leadership as you build a startup. I mean, did you build Mm -hmm. from the ground up? It is just before we got to record, you were talking about the amazing press that it's getting right now. Um, kind of on fire with, with, um, just being recognized as as an amazing startup. So um talk about how you built it, you and your your biz partner. How yeah. you how'd you say, yeah, there's something here, or yeah, this is needed, and then yeah. go, you know what? It's more than needed. This is this is like cutting edge needed. How did you like, like so, I, so I many people where, have ideas, yeah. right? It's like yeah. there's an idea and and then it's the self-worth of the worthiness of the idea. And you're like, oh no, this is this is gonna be like magical. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. But uh, for me personally, it was like I was getting burnt out in the consumer products goods industry. I'd done some uh, work with direct to consumers, which I absolutely like taking direct consumer companies to retail because I had all those connections. Well, you know, but COVID happened and I really, I mean, I was having fun with it, but it was still retail-ish. And I was like trying to figure out um, what else I might like to do. I mean, I even took this huge course on how to do writing, never finished it because I was like, oh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, and what happened was Rob Salvador, who is the CEO and founder of, of DigiBuild, it was his idea. He was, um, you know, again, his parent, his dad was in construction. He ended up coming back and helping his dad build out the construction business um, after a few years. But he was also into crypto. And one of the things that he found was that because construction is so um, not transparent in all their transactions, whether it's people, paper, um, you know, money, whatever that is, there's not a lot of transparency. And so for him, he watched his dad, you know, get beat up in the industry similar to mine. And he decided, you know, there is some use case here for blockchain. So our software is built on blockchain. We use AI, AI, chat GPT, and some of those other, um, you know, um, innovative um, technologies coming out to build our software. Uh, so anyway, the idea came from him. And Rob used to work for me when he, we were doing Procter & Gamble business. So he reported to me, I was one of the executives. So I we know each other. That's another thing. We've known each other, oh my gosh, what, 10 years now, right? So he worked for me. I knew the good, bad, and ugly. Now I'm working for him. And it's just the synergy. I know that he's he's a person who's determined, 
Um, he's not going to, you know, he's a bulldog like me. I, my nickname was bulldog at PNG because I never let anything go. New business development, they'd shove to me because I was like, I'd make sure it happened, you know, at all costs, right? Sometimes it, it, not good costs, bad costs, but I'd make it happen. And so just, you know, I saw that in Rob, we built that rapport. And so when I was looking for other stuff, um, he had reached out to me and said, hey, you'd be interested in joining me. And one of the things that, you know, that I bring to the table is my corporate experience, building out sales sales teams, operations. My last position with P&G was running North America operations for their second largest customer team. Um, just the almost startup mode with new business development, worked for a brokerage, you know, which was amazing. A cost of sales and marketing, learned so much from there and the people there. So I just feel like, you know, all these things, product supply logistics did that at P&G. So bringing that to the table to build a startup you know, you'd think, well, hey, let's see if these same skills, all this stuff I've learned can be reapplied to any industry. So when he brought it to me and just knowing my dad's background, I thought, you know, let's give it a try. Let's see what happens. Right. Um, so I think that's really was, you know, wanting to build something, wanting to do something um, that was beyond myself, that was going to help an industry that was so far behind on technology. When I left PNG, we were doing blind receiving at top customers, which means the pallet would come through and no would be, nobody would check what was on that pallet. They'd just receive it as if it was real, right? And so, so for here, it, you know, it's like nobody trusts anybody. You can't get the number one, um, one of the biggest issues of why product, uh, where, where projects are late and over budget is product supply materials right. management. And so to be able to, and there's nothing out, there's one other competitor out there. We don't look at it as competitor. They're working strictly with um, electricals, companies and very specific to subs where our ecosystem is much bigger, but they're very successful. And so all tides rise together, right? At Procter & Gamble, how many in the industry, how many shampoos, how many detergents are there out there, right? So we're just, we're we're beginning to change an industry. So that's what's really exciting to me to be able to watch that and grow and to change an entire industry globally um, to me is very exciting. It's hugely exciting. Um, you know, the idea of, of logistics, the idea of project management, seeing something What's the what's the start point? What's the desired end point? Mm -hmm. That's going to change probably as you learn more. Oh yeah, um, which is which is also awesome. And to recognize, you know, what are the what are the milestones? What are the gate checks? What are the dependencies? All the happy little things that need to be in place. Um, it's very exciting then to have well sales and marketing. We need to be known, right? Known, liked, and trusted. And um, I'm just thinking, wow, you took it all on. It's sort of like, mm, um, just kind of amazing, really. To, well, to thank you. Film. I appreciate that. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard. There's no, I mean, we've made some big mistakes and have learned from them. And, you well, know, you've got to, yeah. <laughs> right? Just to learn. And it's they're not an, mistakes, right? <laughs> they're not mistakes if it's an education, you know? That's it's right. like, okay, yeah. so we tried this. It didn't work. That's awesome. Let's learn from it and go to the uh, different direction. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody talks about you've got to go out and fail fast. And it's like, well, don't set out to fail. Set out to do the thing. You'll have obstacles. You'll run into walls. Yeah. Uh, learn how to get around them, through them, under them, over them. Um, you know, it's like <laughs> go a different route. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of uh, learning that you do along the way. 
with the end goal in mind. The other thing is you talked about competition and I'm a big fan of abundance. The yeah. really, and you yeah. said, yeah. They're not really competitors. It's like, and you talk about shampoo, there's, there's 8 billion heads on this planet, right? There's room for all kinds of shampoo. Um, and, and so really it's, it's like, there's how many different, uh, how many different, um, construction companies or even subcontractors could use the project management software that you've got. It's, um, it's just really smart. I love the idea of it. And, um, you know, I never know, again, being doing the podcast, it's like, I never know who I'm going to talk to or what they're going to bring. And, um, you know, some people are like, well, and it's just very slow. And you've got, we're doing this, we're doing that. We've got ideas here. And it's, it's great. <laughs> it's just really great. So um, yeah, what's like, so what's next for you? Because I mean, what you've got going is uh, world domination. So, you know, <laughs> well, in that world domination, we want to bring along some friends. So one of the things that we've been focusing on, we partnered with an organization called Emancipate, and they are actually an engine behind um, us building out our uh, global supply chain supplier list. So one of the things that we're doing is two things. One is that we're trying to build out the largest um, sustainable supplier database in the globe. And we're working very hard to do that. And we already have the largest supplier database in the globe, but within all those suppliers, identifying who actually has sustainable products that they could bring to our client base, right? And, and how do we help them? So on our platform, suppliers get on for free. We don't charge them anything, which I actually had somebody at Interfex. It was a, um, it was a, event in New York for life sciences. And someone would not believe that I was actually going to let them on our platform for real and didn't even, they're like, we don't want any part of it. They thought it was a scam. I'm like, no, no, you actually do get on for free, but okay. You know, we got thousands, we don't need you, but okay. Uh, So, so anyway, it was just that whole thing of bringing people along with you, give them opportunities. What's really cool is we're bringing really small suppliers on that get to play in this big, huge fish, you know, with the big fish, right? Yeah. So, so that goes back to my childhood and to Rob's dad. We want to encompass small companies, large companies. Everybody should be able to play within this industry, right? You obviously, obviously got to have a good product and good service. You know, that's on you. But at least we're giving you an opportunity to bring you on board so that you can give bids and quote on stuff that you normally might not even have access to. So we like that. Small niche companies that are doing things in sustainability, how do they get a voice, right? We're giving them a voice. So we're very, very excited about that is building those deep relationships with suppliers. And then we partnered with the Eastern European Institute for Trade, which is an organization that um, will give us global exposure. Exposure, yeah, will explode us too. Yeah. <laughs> Explosure. It's a new word. I like it. Yeah. So one of the things that we're offering our suppliers, sustainable suppliers in particular, is that Emancipate, which is run by women who have been trafficked around the globe, um, they're doing these huge PR promotions, these campaigns, this business management stuff behind the scenes for sustainable suppliers where they actually do their LinkedIn outreach. They actually do their, you know, one pagers. They get them on podcasts. They help them get in front of panels. They come along with DigiBuild. They're part of our DigiBuild trade mission, global trade mission. 
they'll come to us to, to DC and be part of a, a press conference or a press club, you know, regarding their industry and what they're doing. So we're we're really trying to create a community, um, create, um, you know, it's like Starbucks. One thing that I loved about Starbucks is they built their, their retail stores to create a community when people weren't communing together. So from our industry, from our perspective, we're trying to create that, that community within this industry. So that's what's next. And that's what's really exciting for us is taking it beyond just our little world and expanding it into helping these women um, and helping uh, sustainability get its voice within this industry. That's amazing. I know of uh, some other organizations that are that are doing the um, anti-trafficking stuff. Yeah. I, had not, I had not heard of Emancipate until I was talking with you pre-show. And um, it's amazing. It sounds it sounds just incredible. I'm glad to know that they're there, and I'm glad to know that you know companies like yours are bringing them up and through. You know that's that's amazing. So yeah, they started um, last year, I think last summer, and now they've um, they, they've just got top secret. It's going to be out there, but the UN is UN is now supporting them and giving them um, support to be able to to do the work that they're doing in these different countries. Fantastic. That's really amazing. Um, very good. I, you know, you were talking about um, how you give kind of the under, underdog, you know, the, the chance. I have a saying it's called, it's, it's basically it's lift as you lead. Like if you've gone through stuff, yeah. Look back, put your hand out, bring people with you, lift as you lead. And that is exactly what you're doing. And I just, I applaud that so much. It's, uh, you know, it's, you know, you're doing, you're doing great. And, um, you know, I think it's just pretty wonderful to, to kind of put a spotlight on it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, of course. We're, uh, we're coming into the last few minutes of our time together. So let me ask you a few things. Um, I'm going to run a few questions together and you, you take it as you wish. Um, we barely got going and you've got so much to, to share. What were you hoping I would either ask you or that you, you know, what did you want to highlight? Did we touch on that? Did we get there? Um, and if people want to know more, how do they find out more about you, about DigiBuild, about, you know, the next things you're up to? Great. Well, yeah, we did accomplish what I wanted to. And that is that um, we're here to help people. I love that, that uh, saying that you had that we're, uh, what is it? Lift, lift as you lead. Yeah. yeah, I really like that because that's what we're trying to do in all aspects of our business and to create that healthier, happier environment. People coming out of COVID, you and I talked about that earlier. You know, it's just people are depressed. They're trying to find their way. They're beginning to realize, I don't want that job anymore. I wasn't happy there. I want to do something different. And so I feel like, I feel like we got our message across, go do it. Just go do it, right? Oh. Um, and so um, I like that. And then um, as far as DigiBuild, you can reach out to me at aprilmoss at digibuild.com and or connect with me on LinkedIn and it's April Moss and just type in DigiBuild and I'll come up. I am the one of the co-founders and COO of DigiBuild. So I, I also want to spell DigiBuild because it's... Yeah. It's D-I-G-I as in digit or digit. Yeah, digit, right? yeah. Digi build. Yep. Digitize. 
Yeah. Yep. Digitize the industry. So D-I-G-I-B-U-I-L-D, digibuild.com. Um, because if you say it fast, it's like, did you build that? Did you build that? Um, so <laughs> oh, I like that. Right. So it's, <laughs> so it's it's not did you build it? It's digi build. It's uh, it's a digital thing. So that's well, awesome. And I've never been accused of talking fast ever. <laughs> never. No, never. That's awesome. Uh, this is great, April. I'm so glad we met. I'm so glad to have you here and have you share what I know is only a portion of your story and um, just, it's, it's an honor. So thank you. Thanks very much. Thank for- you. I appreciate it. And looking forward to connecting with you in the future. I think there's some great things we can do together. I foresee that as well. This is, uh, this is the beginning of many amazing things to come. Thank awesome. you. Yay. All right. April Moss has been my guest. This is One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Exponential Success Coach, and I will see you here next time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Breakthrough Success Coach and your powerful presence mentor.